Toontown Historical Society presents Toontown Public Works, a program where three highly unqualified doofuses make a mockery of themselves in the name of preserving this great city's forgotten classics. Hello, and welcome to Toontown Public Works, where we charge through the ink to find the hidden gems. Uh, I'm HD the Raccoon. I'm Casey the Dog. I'm Sir the Cat. Hi. Hello. Uh, so yeah, I think this is the first time in a while that we came into a, uh, cartoon news segment without us having, like, one specific solid thing for everyone to talk about. I could have, like, researched something, but I didn't, so... (laughs) Of course not. Well, I mean, the thing is that I've kind of instigated the last few because... Uh, I saw Charlie in the Chocolate Fact. Uh, the I keep on saying that Tom and Jerry uh, in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, uh, and then there was like the Emoji Movie one, and then last time it was Ducktales. So like this time we don't really have a centralized thing. Well, I I don't, and you don't, Cirque. Do you? Uh, no, no, I do not. Okay, I mean, so. I- I have things to talk about. I'm not saying I don't have things to talk yeah, about. Yeah, sure. No, no, no. Like, like, so, you know, all right, here's, here's a, some cartoon tangential news. You know how, uh, you know the Disney Pixar movie Ratatouille? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am making Ratatouille for dinner after we're done recording <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> I've actually never had Ratatouille. I've always wanted to ever since that movie. Looks good. It's actually it's surprisingly tasty. It's a so it's a it's a fully plant based dish. Yeah. Uh, it's basically um, peasant food. This peasant dish. It is well, yeah, it is that because it's so like all the ingredients are super affordable. It's basically zucchini, red onion. Uh, tomato sauce and uh, and eggplant and I guess okay. you can add basil, maybe some apple cider vinegar, like a lot of cool things you can do with it. Uh, but it's super super simple and it's really delicious, so you should try well, it out. Yeah, I mean, like I I, I probably should because it it honestly like about three years ago. It's kind of pathetic that it's been three years ago that I've been like this, but I probably would have not even want to try it because I had a terrible palate for vegetables uh but now i'm basically at the point where i'm like okay yeah i mean the zucchini is maybe not my favorite thing but uh, the other stuff sounds pretty good zucchini is my favorite i love zucchini well i'll be perfectly honest i love zucchini bread i just don't know if i really like zucchini otherwise you know here's the thing i could not tell you the difference between a zucchini and a cucumber and flavor right this moment off the top of my head I think if you tried them both raw, you would be able to. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I yeah. hate because, cucumber. Yeah. Cucumber could go to hell. You don't like cucumbers. Cucumbers suck. I feel like no. I feel like there are okay, I feel like there are uh I feel like there are specific circumstances in which cucumber is uh, is emphasized in just the right way. Like if you've ever had like sparkling cucumber water, then that's delicious. So what I don't oh, yeah, like that's, is that's uh, what that's I don't like good. is raw cucumber just on its own. Like I don't not like cucumbers in my sushi. I, I cannot do that. I'm, I'm okay with that. Like that's fine for me. It's just I mean I can I can handle it, but my my like the my breath and my like the air in my body is just gonna be like completely for mm-hmm. a while. I hate it. I hate it. Ugh. 
Do you have? Uh, do you actually have cartoon stuff to talk about? Because we could talk about that instead of vegetables. No, I, I, I got. I got. Uh, I actually have a couple things I could talk about. Uh, All right, go ahead and spin them off for us. Um, Tell well, us where the first. The first one I actually have a link to an article for is the. Uh, uh, apparently, uh, the uh, composer of The Simpsons, Alf Kalstein, who has been working on The Simpsons for twenty-seven years, has been fired from The Simpsons. Uh, due to cost cutting, uh, so like uh, like he was told that he they were looking for a quote different kind of music, and they would no longer be uh, he'll no longer be uh, scoring the series. Oh which, boy! Yeah, like just no, just kill it. It's already dead. <laughs> no, no, like yeah, seriously, because like this is not the first time Fox has tried like severely cost cutting on this franchise that is still making though millions of dollars like is that uh, is that something am i the first person to make this observation that the simpsons has gone on a little long <laughs> i think you're the first person to ever say that actually man <laughs> <laughs> but like no seriously like it's like um it's it's just it's one thing about the simpsons is that it was like one of the last tv shows on television or at least for a long time until like very recently uh, at least one of the last cartoons to have a fully orchestrated score. Like they have a whole orchestra to do their soundtrack. Like really? Um, yeah, like that, and I believe Family Guy. I think those are the two. I, I don't know if that's the case anymore, but I'm consider- considering that, that Alf has been doing his uh, scores for 27 years. I don't know if the process has changed a ton since he started. Um, but yeah. It, 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 it's disappointing because, like, the score for The Simpsons is iconic. It is, like, I wouldn't say it's, like, the entire, like, obviously it's not, like, the entire thing, but it is a huge chunk of the identity of The Simpsons. Yeah. And not having that soundtrack will probably not make it feel so different in a way, because, like, a lot of people, like, a lot of people say that The Simpsons feels different nowadays, and while I definitely do think it does feel different, I think people kind of over-exaggerate the badness at times, because I don't think it's great, but I don't think it's awful either. Um, but uh, I think that losing this will give it the another one little... Str- and I, my, my whole thing is that I think the reason why it does feel different is because it's entirely different writers than it was like all those years ago. Like, there's almost no one from the original uh, writing staff. Well, yeah, because there. they all have careers now. Like, they, they, yeah, all, they, they first... all broke big because The Simpsons was so good. Yeah, and... Uh, I, but I still think... It, but I think that changing the way the music in The Simpsons is done will make... will, like, basically add that another level of uncanny valley to The Simpsons, which might take it over the edge for people just stop listen it like stop paying attention as much yeah see like, like that's like when when people talk about so there's been a lot of stuff around the rumor mill about a potential animaniacs reboot uh, and that's one of the things that has made me a little bit nervous is the idea that like in the event that animaniacs is rebooted which is seeming more and more like a likely scenario at this point uh I don't know, like, that would be something it would lose along, most likely, unless they're going to hire an orchestra, they're probably going to lose the orchestrated soundtrack that well, is uh, part of what There's a lot that could makes... go wrong with that, too. Well, he- here's, here's what I'm going to say about that, is that I know for a fact that 
uh, the people who do Animaniacs and all those shows. Uh, Amblin, right? They've been what? Amblin. Amblin, whatever. I, I don't know if it's still technically under Amblin anymore, but I'm just saying the creators of the show, like the people who actually wrote it and stuff like that and acted for it, they've uh, they've done several tours of just playing Animaniacs clips. And then having an actual orchestra. Well, that's orchestra that's just the voice actors, though. Like that's just uh, that's just uh, you know Jess Harnell and. Uh, but and but they got they got like a lot of the like a lot of the uh, they got a lot of the what am I trying to say? If I got like, those got names a, wrong, the my blessing. Bad. <laughs> they got a lot of the blessings well, sure. from the show. The and, blessings, and, also, and by that you and, maybe mean the licensing. <laughs> and yeah, of course, in the I licensing, mean, yeah, of course. Uh, but like. But then there's also recently there there's it has I don't think it has been formally announced but I, uh the people who are behind Freakazoid uh actually have been uh hinting that they're going to do a similar thing with Freakazoid pretty soon. Okay, now that yeah, I can so, see going like much better. Well, like I'm well no, I'm saying like the like they're, like an orchestra score thing where they're basically a touring orchestra thing with Freakazoid line readings and Oh, like, you don't like mean that. a reboot. You mean like a tour. No, not a reboot. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about a reboot. Um uh, so my point is this, is that I think more than a lot of things that that would maybe, maybe that'll give them the edge to say, hey, orchestras are kind of iconic with Animaniacs and Freakazoid and stuff like that. So maybe we should just actually spring for that. I mean, know? I don't, I don't think there's, so I, what I feel tempted to remind you guys of is that the last time a WB property was rebooted in a similar way was the Looney Tunes show. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm afraid of is uh, well, uh, something in a similar I, I vein to that. I like that one. Yeah, well, I, I know, but nobody bad. likes it. Nobody I likes think, it in the same way, though. You know, I think like, wasn't, it's, it's not. Uh, wasn't Wabbit the uh, one that was like universally considered terrible? What? Maybe I don't actually know. I haven't kept up with that, but I I don't know a lot of people who think that the Looney Tunes show is. Of equal quality to the old ones, which you know, of course, it well, wouldn't be. But no, because it's... even Chuck Jones couldn't freaking do that in like the seventies. Yeah, you know. So like, uh, I don't know. I'm I, with that. I think that was okay because they're trying to do something different with Looney instead of the same thing, and that's fine. It may have been good, it may have been bad. I honestly haven't seen too much of it. I thought it was okay from what I saw, but. uh even here's the thing though even if they did do something where it was like the animaniacs but it's a sitcom style thing i i would if they get the original writers and cast and stuff like that well i'd be down for that because that would be hilarious because i'm sure they would completely tear that genre apart it would be hilarious but it would also be a miracle i don't think that's going to happen (laughs) <laughs> well, well, okay. I, I we'll know see, that's. But... I well, I mean, the Rock was Modern Life people basically got everyone from the original Rock and Spawn Life to do. That I guess movie. so. You know, and like uh, all the people who've been on uh, Animaniacs basically wanted to do, like keep like keep on going on and on. It wouldn't be like if they don't come on. It wouldn't be because they have no interest or their careers are in a different place or anything like that. It should be because of maybe a contract dispute or something. But that's like the most of it, I would say. And I would say that's only more of an issue for uh, the uh, uh, the voice actors more than anything because the voice acting guild apparently is a bit more weird to navigate like that, but. Um, uh, but anyways, uh, that was one of the things I was having. Did you have any specific thing, Cirque, or? No, no, I'm good. 
I am fresh out. All right. I mean, the only thing I was going to maybe talk about, because uh, I honestly don't really, I don't even know what I want to talk about because it's so weird, but uh, there's that whole thing about the Zootopia lawsuit, like this quote unquote, like, 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 uh, copyright theft you know about the oh yeah the, i heard about this the uh yeah the one guy saying that there were too many similarities because he sent in an idea and they, he was like oh disney took my idea or something like that I, right i think it was the guy who made blade runner he yeah. came up to, yeah he, he went up to disney around like 2009 ish allegedly uh and said gave him a pitch for a movie that was basically about a human dude who goes to a city of cartoon animals and when he goes there he befriends a bunny and then they discover about prejudice about the different animals between each other and stuff like that. So and, the story of your life then. Well well here's the thing. More than anything, that sounds more like Roger Rabbit than anything else. Like from from all the details that I saw of those that whole plot, it was way more Roger Rabbit than anything. And then that's why I think more than anything Disney turned it down because it just sounded more like a Roger Rabbit type of thing. Because it was kind of like a Toon World meets Human thing. Like, you know, it, that was what they were going for. And They just for, should have hired him to do a sequel to that movie. That movie needs a sequel, like, now. No, I would I would 100% go for a, a, a Roger Rabbit sequel or a reboot or whatever, honestly. Um, but, like, I, I, I just, I understand why that... And, like, from what I understood from Disney's side of it all, like, from, like... Uh, how it got planned and put together, their story for how it got done is way too, like, uh, intricate and honestly, like, like, honestly has a lot of details in it. Like, there's several documentaries about how Zootopia was made. Uh, several really good ones. Uh, one that's really good and you should, I think it's free up on YouTube. It's called Imagining Zootopia. Uh, it is a definitive good, good documentary about how that movie almost didn't exist. Um, and to me, it just seems like, I don't know, like the only reason I bring it up is two things. One, people are scared that it means that there's going to be no Zootopia two or whatever. And two, people are scared that this will like hurt like other ways of like Zootopia, not showing up at, in other places and stuff like that. And, I doubt uh, that. Here's, here's my two, my two cents on this. Um, one, I'm pretty sure, like, there was, I saw something not too long ago, and this is just rumor, all that kind of stuff, but I think in an interview with one of the people who played uh, a rhino in the first Zootopia, accidentally let slip that he was doing, going to return for Zootopia 2. Wait, what? Yeah, like, what? Uh, it, it's similar in the same way that, like, uh, John C. Riley accidentally re- revealed that he's going to be returning for Wreck-It Ralph 2, you know? The dude who played Clawhauser said that he was doing more stuff, too, right? Yeah, he said something about that, too. So, like, there's enough n- indication to say that Disney has no indication of slowing down on that. They might be a bit quiet uh, in a way that's a little bit annoying, but that's just Disney. I think they've always done shit like that. Um, but, uh, two, uh, even if it turns out that, like, the lawyer... Because, like, the first first judge threw the case out, but said, uh, if you want to appeal it, then fine. If you can, like, amend the thing or whatever. And the guy's going ahead and doing that. But even if it turns out that, like, Disney does have to, like... Because all, apparently all he wants now is just a friggin' writing credit in Zootopia or whatever. Well, like, that's or, fine. Or something, something well, like I that. mean, if it, it, if it actually it just, turned out that way, if, it, if he's just, like, saying, 
Oh, my idea is similar to yours. Give me, give me the credit. Then, yeah, no. Like, even if he's, even if they settle, like, here's the thing. Monsters, Inc., uh, that movie, like, way back in the day, actually had a similar sort of lawsuit about a movie, and there's actually some more decent arguments to be made about being similar to each other, so much so that Disney settled out of court and uh, basically gave the guy restitution for it, and they still made Monsters University, you know? Yeah. Like, so when i when i was going through college one of the things that they told us in the digital media department was that uh like they they said don't uh don't steal properties at all but if you have to don't steal them from disney because they have the best lawyers in the world oh i'm sure i'm sure like yeah that's again like I'm, i'm positive disney is not going to like let go of a franchise, a potential franchise that made them almost as much money as Finding Dory. Yeah, like uh, that's not that's not going to happen. Uh, they may they, they may still be really really unsure of how to market it, unless like a toy line and stuff like that because they seem like they still seem really baffled about how they're there because they can't really necessarily because the main characters are girls so they can't necessarily market to boys. You know, can't. You know, I'm putting big quotation marks when I say that. I mean, this uh, is the legal department that was cocky enough to think that they could, uh, copyright Dia de los Muertos, so. No, yeah, and, well, to Disney's credit with that, uh, they actually took that, like, they actually took that advice and were like, you know what, yeah, sorry about that, changed the title, and even hired the guy, the main cultural critic, the main guy who pushed this, like, movement against that yeah, to actually come on and and basically be a supervisor and help write the film to be more accurate to like Mexican sensibilities and that's good that's good I'm happy for that good, been, good on them Disney. apparently good they've been them. talking to the uh, the people that made Book of Life too so, and they seem like good friends so that's pretty cool yeah so I mean like I like there are a lot of things to be mad at about Disney especially legally but there's a couple things where I'm like not necessarily worried about or necessarily like, uh, like unnecessarily mad or anything like that, you know, like yeah. the, the, out of all the evil corporations of the world, they are evil, but less so, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? No, I, get it. I, I don't get know. It. I don't know about less so as much as they're evil, but I still like them anyway. Hey, well, no, uh, look, no ethical well, no, at, so. at, at least Disney pretends to actually have actual ethics to a degree and not in a very hollow way, but actually like name dropping things that are actually helpful and doing things like allegedly that are helpful as opposed to just saying buzzwords and then like doing sh- all the shady stuff i don't know i i know they're not a good company i just want to justify the fact that i still really like them okay occasionally good things Capital- happen as opposed to other country <laughs> other companies where nothing good happens yeah exactly like occasionally they actually listen to the bugs that they're stepping on there you go. <laughs> that's that's what I'm gonna say. I, I won't say that they're a good corporation by any means, but uh, I will say that at the very least, I can. Uh, if we get picked up by one of our subsidiaries, delete this episode, Alex. Just delete yeah. it. 
Yeah. <laughs> if I get picked up by Maker Studio. Do they still own Maker Studio? I think I they do. I, I yeah. just think they lost a lot of their stuff. Do they even think a podcast for Maker Studio? I think that's just YouTube. I think we say too many naughty words to be picked up by Maker Studio. No, we don't. We just do Wolf's and Martin They have PewDiePie! PewDiePie had freaking... I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into that. Uh, instead, let's get into our cartoons that we watch. Don't uh, tell us all your olds. Uh, well, um, so uh, we are a podcast that listens or watches old cartoons uh, from uh, way back in the day. From everything from like the beginnings of cart beginning of cartoon animation on the big screen to stuff that people in the seventies just no longer cares about owning anymore. And we just go through a list of a whole bunch of them because we have a DVD collection that has over six hundred of these old things. And we just trudge through to see if there's anything that's good and decent in them or if they're all just garbage, which we found some good ones, uh, but there are definitely some really bad ones, too. Um, so, yeah, uh, let me get the list. I really should have prepared the list ahead of time. So how about that weather? And it was so wonderful out there today. And oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, all right, Alex. Drum roll, please. It's coming. Get ready. Oh, God damn it. But I think uh, just pick. All right. Our first cartoon is a Three Stooges cartoon that's called Woodsman Bear That Tree. What? Uh, I, that's what it says. Woodsman bear that tree. I I I I don't know. Whatever. Let's just do it. <laughs> we will find out the context oh, momentarily. confused okay um so this is our third three stooges cartoon yeah as Um, i was telling kc earlier we were waiting for cirque to go do something and uh in the the meantime i brought up kc you know we haven't watched any fearless the cat cartoons on this collection we have fearless cat on this collection i know for a fact there's fearless cat on this but we've gotten zero felix the cat but three three stooges cartoons and i am Honestly, just, like, the more I watch it, the more I just get sad. Like, okay, here's the thing. Uh, if you've watched this, but listened to us before, um, previous episode we had, like, a three-series short. Our first one was, like, bad and uncomprehensible in, yeah. like, just every sort of conceivable way. Um, and the second one we watched was actually okay at times. It was like not awful. It, it was not great, but it wasn't awful. This one, I'm just so confused. Because, like, I don't know what happens. Like, I, I, I both know exactly what happened, but don't know if I missed something. To me, the cartoon felt like, you know when, like, you have a friend and he's like, hey, I got this really cool joke to tell you. And then he just keeps building it up and building it up. And then the punchline is just, eh. 
Yeah. I forgot. I forgot. Sorry. I, I, I was I was thinking of a different joke. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, basically. Sorry. Like, because it's like... Okay, so as with all the Three Suja shorts, it starts off with uh, a... Well, okay, first it starts off with the title screen, which... Whatever, who cares? We've seen this. This we talked. Much, we but... talked about that more in length last time. And we we watched care. one we... of these. Uh, we. But then uh, the. Fr- but as always, it starts with a live action segment. And to its credit, uh, this live action segment this actually had something to do with the cartoon. Yeah, not just that though, but it also wasn't in a pink cardboard house. It was actually outside. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the production value was about what you usually see from like a Mystery Science Three Thousand movie, but no, it, yeah, it, it had it had the exact same like uh, it had the same kind of feel as like teenagers from outer space. Oh god, you know, like I was half expecting Bronson Cave to show up, you know. Oh. God, I'm, I'm now imagining the alternate reality where Coleman Francis made cartoons. <laughs> I don't want to be in that reality. I don't give. <laughs> well, you have to be in the reality where these cartoons were made. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. so the Three Stooges, they are on a stroll in the wilderness. That supposedly, they are camping. And they're lost. Um, yep, they are. They, they, they immediately got lost. And then they make a joke about how fat the fat one, Curly Joe, uh, how he's skin and bones, and, oh, uh, but he's not skin and bones, he's fat, and then Mo like, makes a joke, like, he first he makes an okay joke, I guess, about saying, oh yeah, you're, cause he's like, oh, I'm starving here, and he's like, oh yeah, you're just skin and bones, and I was like, okay, fine, that's a tired joke, but whatever, and then he goes... With seven layers of fat on you, and it's like that was for you. Nice gimmick. Well, it's okay gimmick, but I don't know why he had to add that seven layers of fat on it. Just like we got it. Mean? Why? I don't know. Why are the three Stooges mean? Well, not all of them are mean. Okay, so they. uh, I guess that's true. Um, So they're they're build. You you think they're building a tent, but it turns out they're preparing lunch, like in a picnic thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the one with the bull cut gets mad at the ones who don't have one. Um, and uh, <laughs> the bull cut man, yeah, the bull cut man. <laughs> he really lays his there wrath are, upon the three, others. There are three Stooges fans who are listening to me talk about this, and they're screaming right now. You've seen um, me three of these shorts right now, and you don't know. They don't ever use their names in the cartoons. <sighs> okay, uh, uh, the so, bull cut one is Mo. So the mean one is Mo. Uh, the curly-haired dude is Larry, and the one with no hair and is fat is Curly Joe. So the one without curly hair is Curly Joe. Yeah, exactly. The that's one, a joke. Okay, so there's cur- the Curly Joe. All right, uh, that's kind of funny. I can I can see how that's amusing. So uh, yeah. so Smurly uh, is uh, <laughs> is upset at the other two, and uh, and then Shemoygan then. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and he sits down on a piping hot cup of soup, and I don't know why it's piping uh, hot. It doesn't seem like they had a lot like of time coffee, to prepare it. Because he had a thermos. 
Sure. Okay. A thermos. And he sits down on it and it hurts him real bad. And the same thing happens in the beginning shorts of all of all of these cartoons so far. And it's the most jarring and simultaneously hilarious thing that happens in any of these cartoons because it seems so strange. <laughs> because like, sorry, what's Bullcut Man's name again? Mo. Mo. He Mo turns to the screen and he breaks the fourth wall and he's like, Oh, these numbskulls, you know, like he does that every time and each time we're unprepared for it because it's not it's like this reminds me of time when these guys did this and it's like every single time. Because <laughs> did, did that was that as far as I can recall, that wasn't a fixture in the old cartoons. They don't break no, the fourth wall, was, really. No, no, the <laughs> so original like, shorts, he never did that, really. So, like, I, like I, I keep expecting him to, like, like every time he turns to the camera and starts speaking, I expect him to say, like, well, we've had a lot of fun today, folks. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> but we need to talk about Jesus. Yeah, uh, so... But, <laughs> uh, but no, 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 like, it's like... It's... <laughs> It's like he's like in Saved by the Bell or something. Like I'm expecting like just to have a special episode or about like I don't know smoking in high school or something. I don't know. It's probably okay in the seventies to smoke in high school. So um, yeah, but uh, then it then it cuts to the cartoon. Um, yeah, and like okay, this is the baffling thing because the short is pretty simple. It's just three suits get hired by a logging company to chop down trees. Uh, when they chop down the trees. The bear, there's a bear that, like, wakes up from hibernation and uh, get, gets mad, gets out of his cave, bonks the Three Stooges over the head, and then the Three Stooges then complain to the boss about it. The boss doesn't believe it, and that happens, like, basically three times. I think literally um, the yeah, only so- time I laughed during this uh, cartoon was at the uh, bear's goofy-ass mocking Not just the bear, like, all, so a consistent... There are two consistent things among these Three Stooges cartoons that I've noticed. And the first one is recycled animation cells, oh, which God, there yes. are oh, at yeah. least 40% of this cartoon is recycled at some point. Uh, oh, yeah. And, uh, and the other one is that the Foley work is just so... Uh, well, I don't, I don't, I use the term Foley work loosely because I think they're using canned sound effects and I think they just don't have many of them because they choose the strangest sound effects. <laughs> like this bear. Okay. Here's the thing. This bear, like it's, uh, it, it, it runs or it walks around, like stomps around with this weird spring noise. And I made a joke say, Oh, the bear's a robot. But then, like, there's a scene where we see the bear... Okay, we, there's a scene where, like, the bear wakes up again. And there's a, clearly an extension cord that seems to be connecting the bear to something to the wall. And then I was like, oh, shit, this is actually a bear that's, like, a robot bear. That's the joke. And, like, because... See, the reason why the the, the lo- main logger company dude doesn't believe the three snooches is because there hasn't been a bear here since, like, the Civil War. And, uh... And, like... I was expecting, oh, this is some weird robot bear that was made to protect the trees or something, and, like, the logger company doesn't know about this dude, and we're going to figure out some weird thing about that. It wouldn't be the strangest thing the short has, these shorts have okay, shown I'm, us. I'm, going, I'm going to go absolutely apeshit <laughs> if we watch another Three Stooges cartoon, and it has a mechanical bear, and they recycled the cells from it. <laughs> 
<laughs> that would be pretty amazing if that was the case. Because, no, like, I wouldn't even be mad. <laughs> Just impressed. But, but like, because, like, there's a, it looks like there's an extension cord to this bear. But then that never comes up. There's even a part where the guy, the, the water company, goes inside the cave. And he looks around and he says, I don't see any bear in here. So I don't know why the bear left. I thought maybe, oh, because it was out for repairs or the scientists knew the guys were coming and took the thing or something like that there is no reason that bear did not be sleeping in there and then it just turns out the bear was just a bear that has spring noises for her feet and i'm just i'm just sitting here going what is happening well, remember like, remember the kangaroo and the first three stooges cartoon we watched that had the weird <laughs> sound effect it's just the same thing they're just they're just weird sound effects if you're kangaroo going to watch was bouncing the kangaroo was bouncing but it sure wasn't it was making it wasn't making bouncing noises though it was making tumbling noises was so it like, t- oh yeah, yeah no, that's right. It was it making was, the weird. It was an extremely stu- strange the, 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 noise for the action. Yeah, it was like the 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 Flintstones running really fast noise. I remember that now. So if you but, watch these cartoons for one reason, that should be it. <laughs> just how are they going like, to mess up the sound effects? Just how funny it is, like seeing like the cartoon oh. characters do something and get like the wrong sound effect, as if the guy at the switchboard. <laughs> Up. It's like if and, Mo like swung an axe at a tree yeah. and like it, and it makes a duck noise. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, uh, that, so yeah. That this this cartoon has the same sort of. It follows the rule of threes. So it's it has the same structure as a joke that comes in three parts, where the first two are predictable, and then the third one takes an unpredictable turn. But the punchline is not funny. Um, yeah, it's just the bear. Comes at the cave one last time after three switches again start chopping down the trees, and he chops the bear comes out with an axe, chops down another tree that destroys the logging company's main building, and the three switches are then chased with a shotgun by the the logging company dude uh, down the street, which is actually the same way that the friggin' first three switches chart we watched what uh ended, which was the three switches being shot at, and I'm pretty sure they had the exact same running away from the camera animation too. So the the three stooges in this cartoon were scammed. It's not specifically stated, but here's the thing: when the when the log falls over and crushes the shed. The, the guy, the boss, he's already standing outside with the shotgun as if he was prepared for something to go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, <laughs> so. like, well, I don't know if he's just a precog or something. Like, he's, like, like minority report. Like, he got a m- message from, like, a girl in a, like, a tube of goo or whatever. A I tube of reports. goo. I don't know. I haven't no, no, seen no, no, no. Report. I, just, I just love. I just love that. Dis- I just love those three words together. A tube of goo. I, I just. I just I think that's a Van like Morrison like- song. Two goo girl. Oh boy. Okay. 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 All right. Uh, so. Uh, then we get back to the live action segment to bookend it, and uh, basically, I guess the punchline is the three suitors were outside of a football stadium where little kids are playing, though they don't show the football stadium because I guess they were well, too yeah, cheap. Well, like this or is whatever. this is the crazy thing is like they uh, a football lands near them, and the initial reaction is oh no a bomb, and then a kid shows up, he's like hey throw me back my football will ya? And so like here here's the thing the three stooges are lost. Obviously the joke is oh they didn't wander far because some kid came by with a football but here's the thing the kids in full football fo- football garb 
it, which means that he's, um, he's like there as part of an organized football event. Yeah, and like, uh, and his foot the, the football went so far that it it landed outside of eye eyesight <laughs> of a football field, which means that no matter what, whoever threw that football fucked <laughs> up pretty fucking bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it like, went pretty just, far. Like not just that though. Like it's like <laughs> like there's the whole okay. So here's the thing: the three everyone's three suits just thought it was a like a bomb at first is because they heard cheering crowds like they were super excited oh, okay and then and then they were like uh oh no uh this i guess they're expecting an army charging army coming at them i don't know why they just assumed that was what it was and so they all have their peace with each other and he's like here's the five dollars i owed you and uh just because I mean, I loved you all along, and then as soon as the kid breaks out the football, you realize that they're near a football scene or something like that. Um, the so, uh, three, the three, like Bo goes, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna have that five dollars back. And it's like, dude, you have the five dollars. You owe him five dollars. Give him the five dollars. That's all you have to do. That's how you do things. And then like they start arguing, and then I'd see them in the cartoon. Or yeah, I'm like, I'm just saying, like I've I have never seen. <clears throat> So cheering crowds maybe implies like a touchdown. I have never seen a touchdown that ended with the football leaving the stadium. (laughs) (laughs) It never happened. (laughs) That's that's a decent point, honestly. Well, whatever. So so that's the three stooges in. I don't remember what this cartoon is called. It makes no sense. Uh, no, no, that's a, that's another thing. Is that that freaking title? I don't understand it. I still don't. I don't understand it. <laughs> it makes no sense at all. Maybe it's a reference to something really archaic. I don't know. Yeah, like it's a pop culture something yeah. or whatever. I, I'm almost I'm almost positive that's probably what it is. It's like some song lyric to some disco song I've never heard of or whatever. But it was like the number one hit of like 1972 or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't mean that it's a bad song. I'm just saying I don't know it. You know. Woodsman bear that tree. Wait, Woodsman bear. Th- is it like, I, is it a folk song maybe? Like maybe a bear maybe, as in like B A R E that tree. But like, I, got I don't. No idea. I don't know. Whatever. If you know, tweet at us. I don't care. I don't care. I honestly don't right, care. Never enough. mind. Don't the tweet at us. Title is lazy. <laughs> like this cartoon is lazy. Yeah, like uh, all of them are. Let's watch another one. Sure. Let's go ahead. Personally, I'm hoping for another crumbly. I want to see what that wacky dude's up to. Yeah, that'd be cool. But uh, we'll see how it goes. And... We also haven't seen Colonel Bleep recently, and he's got a lot. Holy crap, dude. Uh, you are lucky as hell, because did it turns I, did out... I guess, did I get guess the cartoon? Is it a Colonel well, Bleep cartoon? It is a Colonel Bleep cartoon. <laughs> uh-huh. <gasps> Rad. All right, what is it? <laughs> What's it called? It is called Squeak and the Terrible Tomb Termite. Squeak I, and the Terrible Termite. All I'll right. accept it. I'll that accept like it. Sounds like a folk song. It sounds like a folk song. I don't know. All right. And now stand by for adventure. We cannot get away from Vor, can we? <laughs> <laughs> you can't see it right now, but I have the biggest smile on my face. God damn it. 
<laughs> okay. So, Colonel Bleep, uh, you haven't uh, listened to us before. Basically, Colonel Bleep is this weird oddity that we found one day. Such a strange, it's, like, high-concept cartoon uh, yeah. that, that time has basically completely forgotten. Yeah, it was uh, like a segment on some cartoon show. I think it might have been Howdy Doody, actually. And, like, uh, it was a it's a weird sci-fi story about a alien from the future going to the past and getting a caveman friend and a wooden puppet boy uh, to do sci-fi stuff. And it's, it's this weird thing about, like, Hiroshima, like, when the bomb at Hiroshima went off, that singled signaled the existence of uh, like something really dangerous on the planet Earth to this species uh, and decided that, well, now I have to intervene to stop them from like nuking each other and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, that's actually not a bad concept. Yeah, um, so so basically what we've got is Colonel Bleep, uh, who is a metaphor for the citizens of the future and the caveman, who's a metaphor for the citizens of the past. And then we've got the little wooden cowboy who represents the the present, <laughs> the 1950s present. Yeah, sure. Where that's that's when cowboys was back when puppets anyway. and cowboys were big. Yeah, the 1950s, the <laughs> the old <laughs> west, as they used to call the, it. The uh, the uh, the Pee Wee's I was gonna say the Pee Wee's Playhouse Corral, but then my tongue completely. <laughs> abandoned me with that. Yeah, so something that I noticed about, like, something I noticed while watching this cartoon that was probably true about the previous two is that the visuals are only there as visual aid. This would work as a completely audio medium. It's it's almost like they yeah. wrote a radio drama and then the, uh... made a cartoon. That we may have. It's been a while, so I don't remember. But it, it's like yeah, they... the announcer is really very uh, radio drama heavy. Oh yeah, he sounds like a radio drama announcer, one hundred percent. But that's the thing is, like, if you were to close your eyes and listen to this cartoon, you would still know everything that happened. Yeah, yeah, there, it's, yeah. It's... There, there's nothing. There's nothing lost when you remove a... the visual medium. Well, obviously, there's there is a component that's lost when you remove the visual medium, but no narrative quality is lost. Well, this is like the, again, this is the 1950s, and like television still isn't. It's not new, but it is not common, and people were still not sure how to do it. Like, a lot of times, like, shows like that era, even, like, during up to the 70s, basically were, like, uh, they're basically designed to be radio shows with vi pictures. Like, you yeah, could, well, like, go to, you could go to another room and still understand what's going on when you didn't necessarily have to watch it, you know? It wasn't until much later that people actually, like, started doing stuff with the, both the visuals and that's the, that's the, not true it's transitional well, media. no 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 because we've we've had we've had looney tune cartoons and disney cartoons those, before the 1950s but, but 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 those were the those were in movie theaters this was not television i'm talking about television here like i guess uh, that might be true because like people didn't know how to do it at home yet like still it was like they could, and plus they probably didn't even have the budgets to do it still it was dirt cheap back in the day like walt disney got Emmys for his infomercials for Disneyland because that was compelling television at the time because you didn't really need to do anything except show Walt Disney making his animatronics and stuff like that because that was actually more production value than a lot of TV shows back then. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm far from qualified to say anything about the history of this cartoon, but uh, what happens in it, 
uh, is... Uh, so it kind of starts by detailing the morning routine of these three characters. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I guess what happens is one morning, uh, the, all three of them wake up, uh, except for the, the little cowboy puppet boy who Just didn't wake up before we like, go any further, I, I want to mention very quickly... It turns out Colonel Bleep sleeps like cross-legged in an egg chair, and that is oh. that is the best thing. That's comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how they do it in the future. Yeah. Oh no! I hope not. Maybe <laughs> after I'm shrubs, dead. What are those? Anyway, so so yeah, they they you notice that the cuckoo clock that uh, that the wooden cowboy boy was uh was usually depending on to wake him up had only so all, basically all of the wooden components of it were missing and all that was left were the gears the metal components yeah. and uh they determine that uh it the wooden components of this clock were eaten by termites uh yeah and it's a weird like i guess like Okay, so the other day, Colonel Bleep saw a little termite, uh, like termite, uh, uh, tracks, tracks, yeah, and uh, was like, oh, okay, but then he discovers some that are much bigger, and then he finds that on another termite that it has bits of cosmic, like I don't know, it's like so weird, uh, isn't it like? wood wooden cosmic wood dust or something like that i don't know something weird like that but uh that leads to uh making one of the termites really really big apparently um and so uh to save we have to save the puppet boy who has been kidnapped by the giant termites uh and uh what happened like he 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 Colonel Bleep gives uh, the caveman a club made out of solid lead, <laughs> which, again, 1950s, probably didn't really care much about lead poisoning at the time or anything like that. Well, I mean, he's like, not sticking in his mouth, so. Well, he's, it's still skin contact, dude. That could still do some pretty nasty stuff. That's yeah, why you yeah, wear gloves okay. when, that is why you wear gloves when you handle lead. Um, and, uh, so... God. So basically, uh, they find the puppet boy tied up and being salted with, not assaulted, salted with like salt, uh, by a giant termite. Uh, and then, uh, the caveman comes up with the idea to mold that club, but he never even used his club as a club once. He just got a club of lead. He's like, hey, here you go. You can bash people with this. Eh, f*** that. And crumples it into the shape of a perfect replica of the wooden puppet boy. And swaps it out with... Swaps the puppet with the lead boy. And then... Colonel Bleep zaps it with like cosmic electricity. Yeah, which I was I was wondering, does light even carry a charge? I think I think they called it plutonium lightning or something. 
Okay, so it's some sci-fi bullshit, yeah, and they can do it. Like, all right, we're good. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Exactly. All, all they, all they well, have to do, all they have to do, is say it's unexplainable, and I'm okay with it. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, even if it, like, I really doubt that was the motivation because, again, this is a story where a guy has a lead club, and that's like considered a really cool thing to have is no it's it's future light it's fine well and and even so like even without the gimmick of reshaping the the club into the boy it's totally unnecessary to give it an electrical charge because if the termite tries to eat lead it's not going to turn out so well for him either no yeah it's it's going to it's he's gonna die like he's going he's he's going to to bite metal and it'll break his skull so or he'll swallow the puppet hole because apparently he was going to swallow the puppet hole uh it swallowed a hole and then like be pinned to the ground and die of lead poisoning well, or did, also did we know well, lead was poisonous at that time i don't know well, <laughs> well poison well lead was, didn't start being poisonous because we decided no, it was poisonous. I, I know i know i'm just saying that in the context of the 1950s i can't okay. criticize the writers of this cartoon for science they didn't know about in the okay. future when we find out that couches are carcinogenic are they going to blame us for having future movies where people sit on couches well i <laughs> Well, I'm a snarky internet person, and I'm going to point out all the weird all right. ways that they could have done, okay? Okay. So, yeah, like, the, so the, obviously things don't end up super great for the termite. Um, well, he swallows, he swallows it, and then he gets zapped from the inside, and then... Uh, he runs into the water to cool off, I guess, whatever. But then apparently he, like, run off to the middle of the ocean because he sank 50,000 fathoms immediately. And, yeah, that's basically it. Like, well, okay. Uh, everyone goes back, like, the caveman makes his own club again. Uh, the... Bleep decides to like make his cuckoo clock again, and the wooden puppet boy just goes to sleep. No trauma whatsoever. He just sleeping fine, despite even though he was kidnapped and was almost eaten alive by a giant termite. No psychological trauma there. He just goes to sleep, and then uh, the narrator says, uh, and he lays there resting, not knowing what dangers lurk ahead, and a shadow looms overhead, and that's the end of the cartoon. So, I guess serialized. so here's the so my, my fascination with Colonel Bleep is endless, but here's the reason I don't think they're good cartoons, or at least the two we watched. Uh, okay. I mean, we technically watched three, but the, the two serialized episodes of Colonel Bleep we watched have only three uh, kind of beats. There is establishment, a conflict, and a resolution. There's no rising action. There's no falling action. There is only those three things. So basically, mm. these cartoons have as much drama as I'm going to work. Honey, have you seen my keys? Yes, they're on the counter. Establishment, conflict, resolution. That's well, all yeah. there is. I uh, mean, <laughs> they're more, I guess if you're saying they're better like relics than they are like actual like narratives, then sure, yeah, they're yeah, extremely no, like, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm saying that like as much as I don't think these are awful cartoons, I don't think they're good stories, and that's why. Well, I mean, uh, one, I think these cartoons are like maybe like four minutes long each, or something like that. Um, but yeah, not just that though. But I also think that again, I think it's kind of just 
a matter of not understanding how to do things. Like I, I, I won't, I won't say that. Obviously, there was like a lot of uh, films and stuff like that that understood a lot of cinematic language that we still use today. But the, the, also, a lot of times films were like way less complex in ways, like because that was just how they were built. Because people didn't know how to make them and how to really utilize the medium very well, and. Okay, like uh, you, you're making I mean, like, not, again. You're I, making it. You're making it sound like there haven't been like thousands of years of establishment for like narrative media, but, which but there no, has seriously. been like up to no, that point in the fifties. No, like ask anyone who's like a film historian or a literary historian or even all that. Like, Whether there were good movies in the fifties? <laughs> yeah, there are good movies in the fifties, but that's not like if you look. There's a distinct stylization between every era where everything is a distinct thing of its own time. And it's an evolution from, like, we didn't have films like we have today back then. Like, the few... Like, even the ones that are, like, classics back in the day have a much different pacing, a much different type of structure than a lot of them. Like, like if you look at the original Wizard of Oz, it is slow. It is weirdly paced, and... But it's still good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that they have different structures. I almost, and I almost that's would argue. I, find, I almost my, my would point, argue the obvious. Like I would say, modern day movies have terrible pacing. <laughs> like that's. I would argue I think that no, no. I, I think that's a difference of opinion. But like, I guess. Uh, yeah, but like, I want to agree with that, dude. Yeah, like I, I think. Uh, I, I would say that films nowadays are really fast paced, and that's kind of, that can be annoying at times. But well, my my, my point my my, po- my point is this: is that uh, there was a uh, there's a the reason one thing I find really fascinating about Colonel Bleep is that it's a really condensed version of what we consider that era's story type. Like storytelling types, uh, its artistic style, its theming, all that stuff. It's a very, very that of that era, and that's why it's fascinating to me. Like that's why when I said the first time we saw Colonel Bleep that it looked like something I'd see in Epcot, that's exactly what it is. Because Epcot goes for the idealistic version of the future that we saw back in the day. Like Tomorrowland did the same thing, and uh, I think I think that's what's really interesting because it's like. We get to see a piece of what was considered the normal way to do things back in the day, and I would like sh- just because it was on this collection doesn't mean it was in- unsuccessful or wasn't entertaining for kids or anything like that. It just means that times have changed. Uh, things are paced differently. Things are done differently, and things like this aren't really popular enough to actually sell unless you're like living on nostalgia, but. Even still, I don't think this really had the same kind of traction as, say, something like Howdy Doody did, or other stuff that has like a very huge like Betty Boop. Betty Boop is still relevant today in a lot of ways, even though she's not really been in a short in decades. But I guess I guess that's just the thing, though, is like the Howdy Doody, the Howdy Doody short that we watched, which was presumably from the same sort of collection of uh, like the same program, right? Yeah, uh, probably. Probably we. I guess we'd have to Google it to find out for sure. But, um, but even like the Howdy Doody cartoons have closer to a three act structure, you know, than, like I don't know. It's like, 
Mm. It's I like I, mean, I, I, I don't. I feel like the storytelling. No, you know what? I don't. I don't have anything else to say about this because I don't know enough about how like television programming was in the 1950s to be able to say anything concretely. And if if you do, then I'm willing to just take your word for it. But I mean, I I watched a lot of like old cartoon like stuff from the back. Not old cartoons, but a lot of stuff from that day. Like I was really into like going into Boomerang or watching Nick at Night and all that kind of stuff. Like I was I loved watching that because it was an interesting sort of uh, time capsule, and I I thought they were funny back in the day when I was a kid. Um, I haven't really watched a lot of them recently or anything like that. I think I doubt that many, if any, are like still genuinely good or be good to my sensibilities nowadays but um i i just think it's interesting i think it's a uh you ask like like i'm just i'm just trying to say that like you look at something that's uh you look at something from this era and you can definitely tell it's from this era because the era has a distinct voice to it, and it's because of how things were just made. They didn't they either didn't know how to do something, or did know some things but did it weird differently in ways that are different from us. But it doesn't make it necessarily worse or anything like that. I'm just saying that's why it's like such a weird. Like I, I don't so really no, no, see this yeah, as like, if if I, what if what you're saying is that this cartoon is kind of an egg from which hatched uh the common narrative components of cartoons that we watch today then i guess i agree with that much what i don't agree with is that there weren't other cartoons from the same era that kind of uh, are a little more similar to how we're used to seeing them rocky and bullwinkle is a good example that was released in the 50s well yeah that's why we still remember Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, Rocky and Bullwinkle was better than a lot of stuff from that era, and there's probably, like, a couple dozen Colonel Bleeps out there that we just don't know about. Yeah, well, yeah, like, we, we lost we lost half of them, right? Yeah. Like, they well, literally yeah, will yeah, never just, be able to see just, half of those cartoons. But I'm, but I'm not just saying, like, Colonel Bleep specifically. I'm saying Colonel Bleep-type cartoons, cartoons that, like... Yeah. It had this kind of format and kind of this story idea and storytelling thing that was of its era. Yeah, and the they're, they're why just Rocky not timeless. Yeah. yeah, they're not timeless in the same way that Rocky and Bullwinkle endured and still mm-hmm. endures and still is really good. Like, I still love Rocky and Bullwinkle. And, yeah. Uh, like, I, that, that's all my point is. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a product of its time, and you're right. It's interesting to study that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, um, and, I'm, and like I said, my fascination for this cartoon is endless. Uh, oh wow! We actually had a real conversation there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow! Amazing. Okay, so let's get on to the next cartoon. <laughs> All right, and if we can scroll, get me that scroll music or drum roll music. Ooh, like this. We got a Betty Boop cartoon. Oh, serious? Yes. Uh, it is uh, Betty Boop in. A language all my own. I don't know what that means, and I hope it's not racist. <laughs> nah, it's singing. It's gotta be singing. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be singing. Or dancing. Hopefully. 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 So you know how I was afraid that this is gonna be racist? Uh... It actually is not, <laughs> and I'm actually really yeah. happy because I know the story of this one. Uh, this was a cartoon, because you see, 
where the Fleischer brothers heard that Japan, uh, and this was before World War II, but still, well, the Japan was a huge fan of Betty Boop cartoons and loved the Fleischer Brothers cartoons and thought their style was great and wanted to emulate them all the time. You know, it was just a really, really popular thing. And they heard this and they loved it so much that they decided, okay, let's make a cartoon specifically for the Japanese audience to appreciate, show how much we appreciate it and have, like, Betty Boop sing Japanese and show off, like, some, like, uh, clothing styles and Betty Boop and clothing stuff in the era and stuff like that. It's just, that's what it was. And it was a, it's a, uh, it's a rare example of an old cartoon like this that actually was about cultural outreach in the sense of like, um, you know, showing, hey, we all like the same kind of things. We can basically get along with each other and it's it's cool. That's you know, super cool. Yeah, like, um, <clears throat> and it, it, it's actually a really good example of like uh, that kind of, like of a, like it shows, it shows what kind of people that like the Fleischer Brothers was because, like, uh, unlike something like like this cartoon, um, unlike something that like the Warner Brothers co- company did, like about a couple decades later, uh, or about a decade later rather, um, for uh, black culture that they were really excited about because uh, they really loved black culture and stuff like that. So their solution was to make uh, Cole Black and the Seven Dwarves. Ugh. Which is have like several black actors in it, but at the same time is a ghoulishly racist cartoon by any modern standard at all, um, and it, it definitely shows the difference between both their kind of ways. Because like Betty Boop's had a lot of reverence, and like the only kind of iffy thing is having the language, like all the typography, being a weird like Chinese e font. But English characters, you know. Oh, I feel like I feel like there was maybe I feel like there was maybe a little bit of caricaturization too. Uh, maybe to a degree, but I mean, and and in the previous Betty Boop cartoon that we watched, the only one that we watched aside from this, apparently there was caricaturization so bad that uh, they cut it out of this DVD collection. Well, okay, there's, but there was a difference between yeah. the because yeah. that was no, no, I'm, like I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to, yeah, I, I'm not trying to say that this one was especially guilty of the same <clears throat> thing as much as I'm saying that the the Fleshers maybe did some caricaturization in their career. Oh, oh God, no, I mean no, like there's yeah. a whole there's a whole argument to be made that like a lot of style of ink blots are based around like vaudeville type of like blackface kind of routines and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Like and like minstrel like, shows. Yeah, and like I yeah. mean, and I get that, but I'm not but my mm-hmm. point is less like that they are not racist or anything like that. It's just that there's a there's a really interesting way to like draw the difference between the styles of these uh two wildly popular but very different uh creators of how they handle the pro- subject like this at least. Uh, of like uh, appreciating a culture so much that they make a cartoon about it. One went with a really doofy stereotypes and really awful, awful, awful racism, and the other basically went a bit, went a little heavy on some of the stereotype kind of stuff. But honestly, was trying to show more respect and uh, try to actually try to be like a thing for that audience itself to appreciate. You know, I think if anything, if you. If you can say that there's char- like characterization in here, it's a lot more subdued. And I would argue that For a sure. lot of the characterization is less 
out of uh, like an actual like punchline where it's the part of the joke that is it, and more just because of the way that they cut cut cost in animation in that era. You know, basically yeah. repeating the same kind of body types or images and stuff like that. Like you see that all over the place. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't at all feel like during this cartoon that they were like using yeah, the, no, like, nationality and ethnicity as like a joke. Nothing nothing happened in this cartoon that was just so shockingly racist that I felt like. It had to be the first thing we talk about. <laughs> no, like, and that's so. that's what. And honestly, that's shocking in of itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I really like this cartoon, and I think this cartoon is actually really special. And it's really something rare you see, especially after World War Two. Because um, wait, was this after World War Two? Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying like I'm saying after World War Two, it's rare to see this anymore. I'm just saying this was before World War Two, so you didn't really see anything like this at all period in the first place but after world war ii we started seeing japanese characters and they were very horrifying f- caricatures there's a whole donald duck cartoon where he's being chased by the most terrible japanese stereotypes ever and it's just yellow skin buck teeth just constantly bowing it's just the worst um and like even disney who rarely ever did like blackface blackface like they were not scared to do Japanese characters at all. And they did Song of the South. So Yeah, well, I don't want to get into Song of the South, because that's a really weird instance. Because, mm-hmm. again, that's another thing that was made out of love, but at the same time, like, I think it had some... Uh, I think it was just made by a bunch of dumb white people. That's basically my... That's my stance. I don't think it was necessarily trying to be hurtful but made by a bunch of dumb white people who didn't realize what was hurtful yeah yeah that's well that's i'm kinda... glad we have something to talk about with this cartoon like this because detailing the events of it would not be a very fruitful conversation not a whole lot happens here this Betty is another Boone. one of those cartoons where they made it for a purpose yeah which well is it's what it's, she it, talked about yeah, it's, it's rotoscope to dancing, though, is what takes up the majority of this one, and there's only so much we can describe with that. What's really the effect that I think we can talk about of it is the, uh... So part of the plot of this is that Betty Boop is coming from America to Japan. On the way over to, to uh, Japan, they show off, like, the mainland, and it's this really, really neat, like, multi-plane animation, like, yeah, shot it's... that, like, goes on for mm-hmm. a while, and something that really like caught me while i was watching it is that the foreground was a like live model yeah yeah it's kind of like how what they did with uh that christmas comes uh but once a year with the christmas tree yeah being a three-dimensional object that they actually animated you know Um, yeah it was really cool though it had kind of like a parallax type thing going on where they had three sort of uh layers that were moving independently of each other yeah like this and it was a pretty neat effect this was a very, very Fleischer Brothers cartoon in a lot of yeah. ways. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like, it, it, like it has all the same trademarks of rotoscope dancing and songs, uh, and uh, just the, that multiplane animation, like doing different kinds of things with animation, uh, mixing mediums with animation, um, and then also the whole. Uh, and then there's like. Like, the only thing that's really missing is anthropomorphized animals, but there's an anthropomorphized... Well, no, actually, no, there is one anthropomorphized animal. There's the vulture that uh, Betty Boop zoomed past, and then uh, all his feathers came off. (laughs) But, like, 
other than that, like, it, there's an anthropomorphized plane. That's a pretty big thing. And the statue of Liberty Oh, yeah, comes yeah, like the plane, the plane flaps its wings and yeah. a bunch of stuff like that. Like, I, I actually like the... the So one of the things that I thought was a very uh, Flesher Brothers-style joke was at the beginning, when Betty Boop gets in the plane, uh, it has a dial that says, like, where... Yes, it's like, where do you want to go? And she just, like, turns the dial until it gets to Japan, right? And then that's how, yeah. Yeah, that's but how she pilots she, it. But she still has to ask the Statue of Liberty in which direction Japan is. Oh, yeah. So who <laughs> knows what that dial actually does? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it just makes her happy. <laughs> but, yeah, it's very, very charming. Some of the best animation we see in these uh, in these cartoons from this box set are uh, Flesher Brother cartoons. Oh, and oh, another no, thing. Every is, time, hmm? another thing of significance. Uh, Betty Boop flew flew her own plane. Oh yeah, I guess that is yeah. somewhat significant. That's one thing about the Fleischers is that while you could make an argument that Betty Boop is a bit creepily sexualized, uh, she still is a generally pretty active figure in her cartoons that actually does her own stuff, and I I still appreciate it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say she's like a perfect. Feminist oh, I would, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that she's very objectified either, though. So yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, that's, that's it, a good it, thing. It depends on the cartoon. Sometimes she's dressed up pretty nicely too. She's I guess just so. Pretty, yeah. Well, you know. honestly, I haven't seen like many of the. I actually haven't seen any of these all before we started doing this podcast. So, oh dang. Uh, I actually had seen uh, this uh, a language all my own beforehand because I saw like. Uh, a big article specifically about the history of it. Um, I don't have the link to that. I would totally give that link to it, cause, but I don't have it. I'm sorry. And I, I, I have never watched a Betty Boop cartoon that passed the Bechdel test, so we'll yeah, see true. if that happens. <laughs> we'll see. Fingers crossed. Um, right. Yeah, so is there really anything else to talk about with this cartoon? Uh, eh, not necessarily, no. No, I it's, it's uh it's I would say that it's the best of the three we watched today. I, I, by I'm far. Ha- I'm happy that uh we've had two episodes in a row where we actually talked about uh like uh something like well not two episodes in a row, but actually like the second cartoon in a row where we actually had like a real conversation of sorts. You know? Yeah, that's kinda nice. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, go on to our uh, audience participation prompt stuff. I don't have a proper name for it. Uh, um, but, uh, so, okay, we got a response. Before we get to the one that's uh, for our current prompt, uh, we actually got a response to a previous prompt, or rather our Simpsons prompt from last time, uh, from Jace. Uh, and uh, let's see... They said that they have, like, a large pool of stuff that they like because it's hard to choose, which we kind of talked about in the podcast itself. Uh, but um, their favorite ones are, like, uh, The Mysterious Voyage of Homer, uh, which is the one where uh, Homer eats a ghost pepper and then goes on a spiritual journey with a coyote. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't talk about that last episode. That is a super good episode. That is it. A plus episode. <laughs> yeah, it has like some like genuine, interesting surrealism going on. Uh, yeah, and it's it's just a lot of fun. There's a uh, Deep Space Homer, 
which is uh, the episode where Homer goes to space. Which mm-hmm. <laughs> is that the one with, uh, in Rod we trust? Yeah, it's it's the one with it's the one with our favorite Simpsons character, the inanimate metal rod. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, <laughs> what, I, what I, should, I should I should I should mention real fast though. I should uh, yeah. he he was categorizing these uh, into three things: uh, most creative, uh, which was uh, mysterious voyage of Homer; the funniest, mm. which was deep space Homer; and the most emotional uh, is uh, Mother Simpson, uh, which is the episode where Homer actually meets his mother finally after he fakes his own death. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. You haven't? No. Homer, that was one of the episodes I actually went back and rewatched uh, beforehand. Um, that was one of the episodes I was considered talking about uh, in the previous one. Basically, maybe I'll watch it tonight. It's really good. Uh, basically, Homer uh, fakes his death, and then when his funeral happens, uh, his mother shows up, uh, and she assumed that he assumed that she's been dead, and uh, they reconnect, and you learn about who she is, and she's actually a really interesting woman, and I love her. Uh, mother, uh, uh, there's actually several episodes with her, but that one's by far the best one. Uh, and then there's also Bart gets an F, which is an honorable mention for him, uh, mm-hmm. which is the, which is actually a pretty decent episode too. I uh, I do love that episode. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, thank now, you for your submission. Yes. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, and then thank you for the submission for this week because he also sent a follow up email for the prop for today, uh, which is how oh, sick. What straight-to-DVD sequel made you the angriest? I think I've asked that question three different ways, but it basically was the same question every time. Um, But anyways, uh, so Jace, once again... uh, By the way, Jace has uh, responded to uh, several of our questions in the past, and is actually a pretty cool person. Uh, But let me just uh, read the email. I didn't watch as many of the infamous Disney ones as a kid, but I think the Land Before Time series was the first one where I gauged opinions on which ones I liked and which ones I didn't. Going by how I felt in the 90s here, but 3 I thought was annoying for some reason, and uh, 4 I thought was boring. I stopped collecting around, I don't know, 6? The only Land Before Time sequel I've seen recently was... 11, Invasion of the Tiny Saurus. <laughs> it was the biggest disappointment to me on that. It was how they, uh, with me is how they, how they got Michael Clark Duncan to voice a character, but he never sung. Huh. Alright, guys, just off the top of your dome, when do you think the most recent uh, Land Before Time movie was, and what number do you think it was? 20... 2015... Uh, and I think it was number 16? Nope. Close. Do you have a 2016, guess? 2016, I'm guessing I'm gonna highball it. Number 19? No, it was number 14, and it was 2016. Oh. It's wow. really right. crazy that they made... So, like, my question Are they is... CGI now, or...? What? Are they CGI now? Probably, I don't, I don't think, think so. so, but like my, my question so. is my question is who those movies are being made for now. Because the, anyone like, anyone who probably has even seen the first land before time is uh is definitely too old to, by now to watch Land of the Land Land of the Time. To watch Land Before <laughs> Time fourteen. This 
Babies who don't know no better. Well, here's the thing. I would argue that you could say little kids like dinosaurs, and so they just like seeing a talking dinosaur. And and that's definitely what it's about. But, Uh, but, 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 but. If you want to have an actual question that's really baffling, why are there eight Alpha and Omega sequels? Oh, wow. There are eight. Yeah, there's eight Alpha and Omega sequels. I haven't watched them. Uh, I want to. Because I am fascinated. Because from everything I've heard about them, they just seem like they are muttering laundering schemes because they are the most lazily made, just nonsensical cartoons ever. They're catching up to Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) I cannot wait for Alpha to be uh, Alpha Omega World in Kingdom Hearts. Hey, guys. Remember when there were dinosaurs in Alpha and Omega? Remember when there were dinosaurs that were aliens in the land before time? No, uh, but I I believe you. Those are things that <laughs> happened. Those are all things that Incredible. happened. Well, um, remember when Ice Age had an actual dinosaur world underneath the ice? I do remember. Yeah. Ice Age was a weird franchise, and I'm glad it's dead. Um. Anyways, well, one other thing before we move on to the next thing, though, about Lamport Time. I got tripped up reading the email because uh, the abbreviation for Land Before Time is LBT. And I was like, uh, are we going to, where where are we going with this? Lettuce, bacon, and tomato. Yes, let's go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway, uh, so, uh, we also got a bunch of responses on Twitter. Uh, I have to say, I should probably just ask these questions like an hour before recording, because I... I got, like, nothing for days, and then all of a sudden I say, hey, we're going to record here in, like, an hour, and then I got, like, two emails bunch. and, like, 15 responses. <laughs> <laughs> well, give give people the prompt and let them stew over it, and then we'll just yeah. follow the same thing. 15, okay. huh? Well, not Quite 15. Liter- not literally 15, but... That's good. People because... got opinions on direct-to-video sequels. Well, because there's a lot of them, and there's a lot of really bad ones that ruin really good things. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, point. Okay. But but it's it's seriously appreciated, you guys. Thank you so much for signing them. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely, seriously. But, okay. Uh, the first one was from uh, Arcuni. Arcunine? Arcu jerk. I don't know. It's one or the other. But thank you, Arcu jerk. Or whatever. Uh, I'm sorry. I keep on saying whatever. That's rude as hell. Okay. But Hunchback of Notre Dame 2. And this is all caps. Why did we need a reason to get quasi little girlfriend? The first one ended just fine. God f***ing damn it. <laughs> uh, and that's actually a good question. And why is... Uh, why was... Uh, what was her name? Oh my god, I, I totally know the name of the woman who did it. I just can't seem to think of it. Oh, she's like a woman who appears on like so many Disney Channel things nowadays. But uh, basically, some famous Disney actress they got. And she got, he got to make sure that he had a pretty girlfriend. And also there's a bell that's got jewels on the inside. Because you see, it's pretty on the inside. Even though it's a really dumb bell that probably sounded really awful. <laughs> hey guys, hold on, hold on. Do you hear that? What? What? Oh, it, my bad. That was just uh, Victor Hugo rolling in his grave. <laughs> uh, 
legitimately concerned there for a minute. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just... What the oh. fuck? They got Haley Joe Osment for this movie. Oh Haley yeah, that's Joe right. Haley Joe Osment was in that of movie. Kingdom Hearts, yeah. <laughs> and he will return again when the uh, Dream Drop Distance had a Kingdom Hearts world. Anyways, um, uh, Geo Holmes, uh, who has replied to us before. Thank you, Geo. Uh, Thank you. They said their least favorite is Leo and Stitch Two. Stitch has a glitch. It had some great elements, but there's some plot flaws that make me angry. Uh, spoiler, I don't care about spoilers for straight DVD sequels, so whatever. Uh, Jumba, uh, apparently, uh, this is basic, Jumba goes, Oh, Stitch has a dangerous genetic flaw? Better keep this from everyone, including Stitch, causing huge psychological pain. <laughs> That's basically the plot. I haven't seen Lilo and Stitch 2. I saw the other one. I saw... Leroy and Le- Stitch? Yeah, I saw Leroy and Stitch. That's the direct-to-DVD sequel that I saw that came before Lilo and Stitch 2. I didn't see either of those. I did see the Lilo and Stitch TV series, though. I saw that as well. I was I was once... I had, the, I had a cold, so I stayed home from probably school. I'm guessing that's the responsibility I had at the time, and I watched those. Well, like, here's the thing. When I heard... They were doing the Leo and Stitch TV series. I was actually super duper excited because I felt felt like that Leo and Stitch would be an interesting thing to do. A yeah, TV I, I think that with. there was the potential for a good cartoon in Leo yeah, and like, Stitch. Basically, you you have uh, you you have a really well defined, interesting characters in a setting that's interesting to look at. Uh, you could figure out things to do with it. And I don't think the premise they had was bad or anything. I just think it was kind of, I don't know. Well, they had a, they, they did a, like a monster of the week thing, which isn't an especially yeah. strong platform. Yeah. That but platform's like, probably not, platform isn't the right word for that, but you get what I was saying. It's not, it's just not a good structure. So, I just hate that series. Like the only reason why I really hate that series more than anything is because it made the female Stitch just so could Stitch have a girlfriend. They <sighs> must have done that later because I well, don't remember that. If you if you go to a Disney store and you buy Stitch stuff, like I guarantee you, you're also gonna find that female Stitch oh, thing. Like like the oh, hype, the like one, the right? super yeah. feminized version yeah. where it's like, oh, she's a girl, so that means she's pink. <laughs> Even though. And a lot of girls just like Stitch because Stitch is cute like and creepy, and he's I like Stitch as great as as is. You don't need to make a girl Stitch. Why are you making a girl Stitch? It's stupid. Yeah, it's not not great. The it's kind yeah. of sad that they've tried to branch Lilo and Stitch off into a franchise, probably three times now between the sequel, Leroy and Stitch, and the anime that I don't want to get into here. We're not going to get into the anime. I will get mad. Maybe, I will get yeah. mad. <laughs> <laughs> and and out of out of the three times they've tried to franchise this this great movie, they haven't been able to land even one of them. Like, they just, well, I don't think they really understand why the first one was so great. In yeah. a way. I don't know. I don't know how you would continue that to be perfect. Maybe it should just stay as a single movie. But well, I yeah, of course. I, I, but... Here's the thing, though. Like, I, I I get that argument. And there's some movies where I definitely feel strongly to not make a sequel. But if you have an interesting universe and characters I really like, you can make a sequel. I don't mind as long as you do it good. You know? Exactly. Yeah. But anyways, let's get on to the next one. Uh, Kato uh, came in. This is the first time he's written in. 
Uh, oh, hello, yes. Kato. Hey, Kato. Uh, and he says, an extremely goofy movie, not a musical, <laughs> overdoses on Polly Shore, painfully heterosexual, and gives BJ a girlfriend who doesn't even have a name. It just feels like they did not have... Uh, they, they, basically, he feels like they just made her to compu- uh, combat accusations of being gay. And then they are moving from the climax in favor of more Polly Shore. Okay, but there there is no cartoon character gayer than PJ, right? Like, <laughs> we're, we're we're in consensus about that. I mean, I honestly haven't seen uh, extremely goofy movie in long. I remember liking. Yeah, no, it's been a long movie. time. I actually yeah. remember really liking extremely goofy movie as a kid. And they I did actually a really weird, the be- like I X like Games the be- thing. Yeah, the X Games thing, you know. But I was into Tony Hawk at the time, so whatever. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I'm sure. Like, yeah. I ah, God. The first, the first Goofy movie is really good. Really, really, really good. I, 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 I love say that it's, movie. That movie is one of the most underrated Disney movies ever. Period. One of the most underrated animated films ever, if you ask me. I don't care. It's nineties hell. That's why it's so great. It's so it's corny, really cheesy, fun. But, it, but it's earnest. It's so freaking mm-hmm. earnest, you know. And I love that. I love earnesty. I I soak up earnesty so much. Oh, God. But uh, yeah, I uh, uh, is earnesty the word or is it earnestness? I don't know. Uh, earnest, me... like the movie had the quality of being like earnest. It has as it's. <laughs> Uh, it, it it's earnestness is similar to Ernest goes to camp. <laughs> uh, but they just phoned it in for uh, Ernest scared stupid. But, yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, I was about to read a tweet of someone just saying that they're listening to us. Hi, <laughs> hi, oh. pie man, you're listening to us. Thank you. Uh, anyways. Uh, the final true submission is uh, from uh, Jack, and Jack said, uh, "Tarzan and Jane. Uh, it looks, it just looked and felt so off. Uh, from the gorgeous animations, the originals, it felt, it felt like a disgrace." Now, I meant I don't really have strong opinions on Tarzan, except for I hate to bring it up again, the Kingdom Hearts world, which I was stuck in for literally. A year because I was a dumbass kid who didn't know how to beat Clayton in that section. Yeah, that's a that was a surprisingly tough boss fight. Then that's like the before you get cured, so you can't. Isn't that the boss fight where you like get cure uh, cure right after? Yeah, exactly. I think so it's like they give the really hard bar, and then you finally get cured. It's like I could have used that before. Anyways, we're talking about Kingdom Hearts. Uh, well, so like actually, Tarzan Tarzan and Jane is probably a pretty good segue into the one I wanted to talk about. Okay, well, can I just say one thing real fast? Because no. like, there's we got one quick tweet from someone else, yeah. uh, uh, from it. Joey, and it does not count though because it's not an animated sequel. They said Starship Shippers Two <laughs> because it lacked the punch, it, it, it lacked the subtext, which made the first one good. Uh, and I don't know if I know anything about Star Troopers 2 or anything like that and I am uh I'm a raccoon on a cartoon podcast I can't talk to you about that but thank you for writing to us anyways I can get you guys on that I yeah. know about Starship Troopers 2 yeah, DM, so... DM DM Cirque later okay uh, yeah. yeah do, do that it. okay hit me up yo 
Anyway, so go ahead. Go ahead. Keith. So Tarzan and Jane, if I remember correctly, has a similar thing. So my, my original answer to this question was going to be Mulan 2 because of whitewashing, but I decided not to go with that because Wait, I realize now. Yeah. Because it, it portrays a very whitewashed version of history. Because uh, okay. sorry, did I say Mulan? I meant Pocahontas too. Um, oh, okay. Pocahontas too has a that. has a very white. But the, that's a problem I have with the franchise. So I'm, yeah, I'm going po- with Pocahontas uh, is is straight up always going to be white. Speaking of Pocahontas, real fast and a goofy movie, a goofy movie does not have a Blu-ray released, but Pocahontas one and two do. Does is a two pack. Do we have a 1080p version of a goofy movie floating around to release on Blu-ray? We have we have a DVD release of Goofy. Movie. I know, but do we have like a 1080p file that we can even publish as a Blu-ray and get like better quality? I don't know. <laughs> I Maybe don't they know put like it that, up on iTunes you know. or something. At, or... at any rate, uh, at any rate. So my answer was actually uh, Atlantis two. Oh. And it's it's for the same reason as Tarzan and Jane. Like the, I hate these two movies for the same reason, and it's because they don't. Uh, they don't have a, a, the structure of a film. They have a structure of three episodes of a failed TV show. Which is probably because they are that. Because this I, is basically I'm pretty what, sure that is actually what happened with both of these. Yeah, like, like there's also a Beauty and the Beast movie called Belle's Magical Tales or something. And like, oh boy. Bas- basically it's just a, pot, a bunch of episodes that were supposed to be uh a tv show for like a pilot for a tv show and there's also the, that's also the plot for cinderella 2 with the exact same kind of thing too like they yeah, so there's there's just a whole breed yeah. of disney sequels that are basically a ripoff because you you get them from the library or from the video rental store expecting to yeah, a sequel, and instead what you get is uh, three disjointed, uh, serialized cartoons with no consequences. Uh, yeah, like like nothing of consequence happens that would carry on in some sort of continuity whatsoever. So it's you know, uh, you know what they did that with that was like real depressing. What? The uh, Atlantis sequel. That's what that's, that's we're exactly talking what about. the answer was. <laughs> so, Wait, oh, I didn't hear you guys talking about the Atlanta sequel. That, 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 that was, was, that that was, was the thing that KC was talking about. Was literally my oh, answer. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> sir, are you even here? Are you on this planet, sir? That's funny. Oh, my God. I forgive you. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I, I thought you were on time. I don't. I thought you were listening to the podcast you're on. Oh no, no, no! Tarzan, Tarzan and Jane was the segue to Atlantis too. Um, okay, so, all right. I didn't hear Atlantis. Yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. You're good. It's fine. Yeah. I didn't really talk about it at length, and I'm not going to because I don't remember it. I've seen so few of the Disney sequels or any straight to DVD sequels to a cartoon series, and that was just one of them that I remember. Uh, I don't even think I watched all of it. I think I quit halfway through, and I was young enough that I probably could have just uh, gripped my teeth and and dealt with it, but I didn't. Anyways, uh, Cirque, do you have an answer? Uh, yes, I do, actually. Um, I'm gonna preface this first off by saying that, I mean, when you really get down to it, um, like, all these direct-to-video sequels, like, you have to be sort of happy that they don't, like, ever really hit it big, because, like, you know, they're very low-quality, and... 
that means that they're probably never, ever going to come up again. Like, nobody's ever going to reference Fox and the Hound 2 and, like, actual Disney stuff. Nobody's ever going to reference... They might reference an extremely goofy movie. Mm. But, do you get get what I'm saying here? No, I get what you're saying. These things, just thank God that even though they came out, they're never going to come up again, if that makes any yeah, sense. They're, they're yeah, like, they're basically non-canon. Except for yeah. maybe one or two bits of, like, things for marketing purposes, but even then, it's probably not just that. Like, people are probably going to completely forget that they came from something like this. Yeah. That being said, I'm going to focus on something that I think might actually be coming up. I don't watch the show that this, like, is attached to franchise-wise. Lion King 2. Was that straight to DVD? Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Why do I and feel not, like I I'm remember seeing that this. in the theater? <laughs> Probably. I'm not even... S- go on. No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm not even saying this is, like, something that I most hate, because mostly these direct-to-video things are, like, it annoys me that it happens, but I'm not, like, saying that the memory is entirely tarnished, because, you know, the movies are still there. It's just... Lion King 2 was... Really, it was... There wasn't much going on with that, was it, there? Um, I mean, songs weren't that good. It was It was maybe based loosely on Romeo and Juliet, from what I've yeah, heard. Yeah, which, I mean... Like, what, what that's, if, like, the least, um... That's, like, the least interesting way that you can go with this sort of thing. Yeah, like, what I've, what I've heard is that, uh... What I've heard is that the, the first... Uh, Lion King movie is kind of a hybrid between Macbeth, Hamlet, and I want to say Richard the uh, Third. Yeah, no, not Lion Richard the Third. Uh, well, maybe Richard. III. Was it I King? Think... Maybe it might have been. <sighs> well, Richard the Third's the one the about the part two or something like that. I yeah, don't know. Like, like that, there. It's kind of it's kind of a chimera of Shakespearean things, and and I'm guessing that's mostly just speculative, but. That what I've heard is that the first one is that the second one is uh, the second one is um, based on uh, Romeo and Juliet, and the Lion King one yeah, and a half it's... is based loosely on Tom Stoppard's Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, which is a play that takes place in the middle of Hamlet. Yeah, yeah, they're not exactly subtle about that in the mm-hmm. uh, in the dark to video sequels. Um, okay. My only real things I can say about Lion King 2, because I have actually seen it recently, um, but one, it's boring as hell, and I don't get why people think that it's actually good, because there are people who legitimately think Lion King 2 is really good, and I just, I don't think it's bad, but it's boring, and honestly doesn't make, okay, hot take, I think Lion King 1 is actually pretty not good. If I'm going to be perfectly honest here. I love that movie, but that's okay. I forgive you. Like, it's good in a lot of ways, but I also just think it's such a... I don't like the story of it. That's the Elton thing. I don't like the John, story. though. I mean, it's, it had Elton John. All Tarzan got was uh, stupid like Phil Collins. Phil Collins, like, uh, Phil, Phil Collins, Phil Collins okay. is okay, but he's not Elton John. <laughs> well, no, no. Uh, well, I mean, like the music. I love. I love. I love the music of the Lion King, and I love career. So whatever, but yeah, I love. I love the music of the Lion King. I love the. I love the art style. I love the way it's drawn. I love a lot of music music numbers. I love Scar. I think Scar is fantastic. Um, I just don't like the story of it, and I think that the main characters are boring as tar. No, I think, fine. and I also think 
Timon and Pumbaa are kind of annoying, though. I think they're less annoying than I used to think they were when I was a kid. But anyways. Uh, uh, but my only other point about Lion King 2 that I wanted to bring up is that I have a friend who had a crush on the char- the bad line character from that movie voiced by Andy Dick. And then I pointed out that Andy Dick is an asshole, and he got really sad. That's all I That's have to say. That's kind of a sad story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, what is your answer, HT? My answer, okay. I'll be perfectly honest. I'm going to kind of cheat. Uh, because these are... I have two movies I want to talk about. They're both movies I have not seen all the way through. And one I actually haven't seen at all. I just know the plot summary of it. But they make me so mad for completely different reasons. Well, not completely different, but for... I would say almost for a lot of the same reasons. Which is basically, they don't understand the first movie at all. Uh, First is Secret and M2. Uh, Sacred Nim is a wonderful film. It's easily the best thing that uh, Don Bluth has ever made. I'm 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 putting my I'm putting my stake down here. I don't it's care. My favorite Don Bluth movie. Yeah. Like yeah, like, like American Tale is great, but you know what? No, well, it's a, I mean it's okay. okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's a fine, it's fine. movie. Uh, Final Ghost West is also good. There's a lot of good Don Bluth movies. I'm gonna say that, and I even think some of the ones that people think are bad are fun at the very least. Like, Pebble and the Pig one's fun. I think uh, Rockadoodle is fun. I don't think they're good movies, but I think they're fun. Um, Troll in Central Park is indefensible. It's... it's That's saccharine to the point of me actually not really enjoying it, but that's a completely different thing. Indefensible! Uh, uh, yeah. It, it, so, but but here's the thing. Secret Anim is a genuine masterpiece in a lot of ways. And I think it's gorgeous. It's beautiful to look at. It's got a great story. It has a wonderful female lead that is uncommon, even to this day. Uh, in fact, I would say this is like the first cool female protagonist. Like the, 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 the only protagonist to actually get as good in my mind in terms of like a cool female character, uh, from anime film in recent years, is Judy Hopps. And that was last year. So there you go. Um, but uh, it's just, it's such a gorgeous movie. And, it, and as I said, this main character is a woman. She's a, uh, she is a mouse mother who's trying to save her son. And it's such a very heartbreaking and interesting storytelling. Like, it's much better, I think, than a lot of fantasy stories where it's about, like, saving a kingdom or something, because it's very personal. She's not necessarily... She she becomes a bigger part of, like, a grander scheme of things, but her goal is a very personal one that's very relatable and also tragic in a lot of ways, because her son is dying. Um, and, like, she has to basically go across the world just for the slim chance that she could actually save him. Um... Uh, Secret Nim 2 is about that sick kid getting better and then going on an adventure and then uh, he gets a statue of himself next to her father and by the way uh, Miss Brisby never got a statue of herself despite the fact that she's literally saving the entire freaking world basically in the first movie so mm. yep you're not wrong anyways I swear I've seen that movie before, but I blocked it out of my mind. That's how, like, bad I guess it was. 
I only saw about half of that movie. And about the time when the freaking crow came back to just sing a song about, like, grifting people, I was like, okay, no. And then I basically <laughs> looked at the summary of the plot, and I got really mad when I found out about the statue stuff. <laughs> I'm pretty really sure, freaking mad. I'm pretty sure we have reached the point where this is now our longest episode. Okay, I know, but let me just one more thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go for it. No, it's fine. Uh, just, I'll be really quick about it because I I basically just have a few words to say. Foxen and a Hound is a tragic, heartbreaking movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If if I uh, if I watch Fox and the Hound, I can't be around anyone for maybe a full twenty four hours because I don't want to look like a fucking sappy. Jerkwad. <laughs> like that's, that's what happens. I don't like, mind it takes, people see me cry. I it don't takes like people. an especially touching ending of an episode of Full House to get me choked up. So a fox in the house <laughs> wrecks me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mary uh, Kate, no. <laughs> <laughs> she fell off the horse. Um. Anyways, uh, Fox and the Hound Two is about Todd. No, not Todd. Yeah, not Todd. It, copper, no, right? Copper, yeah, Copper okay. joining a band. Yep. Okay, so let's get to there the end of the stuff. <laughs> uh, oh, well, let me give a prompt out. Um, Our prompt for next time is, what is a cartoon that you loved as a kid that you think is not very good today? Okay. So this has been Toontown Public Works. Uh, we are happy that you listened, and I'm glad you are here with us. Uh, yep. they... Check the show notes to Don't watch the quickly, cartoons uh... that we watched today. Uh, if you leave us a uh, if you leave us a review on iTunes, whoever writes the first review, we will read it on the air. We haven't checked, I don't think, to see if there's one today, but we don't really have time for that. Yeah, sorry. Uh, we'll get to that as soon as we can. Uh, Cirque, did you have something to say? Um, don't forget the, uh, wait, I think Casey did just say the oh, address, uh, so yeah, that's uh, me. What, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, our email to ask us questions or just give us opinions on how we're doing, uh, send us to, uh, ToontownPublicWorks at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is, uh, ToontownPublic, uh, and uh, you can follow us there to basically get some cartoon news and all that kind of stuff. All that good stuff. Uh, all that good stuff. All that good stuff. I'm just going to keep on saying that so Casey can not be making Ratatouille. <laughs> um, I'm just going to leave. Also, real fast. Uh, I want to thank you also for just in general for like submitting questions and participating because it actually means a ton to me because this is... This, really really, yeah. this is really fun for me and I'm super glad I'm doing this. And I also want to thank Alex for being our editor and making sure that this podcast doesn't sound completely like garbage. Yeah, week. what a stand up guy. Thank you, Alex. Sure, thank you. I hope uh, we have I hope we had less swears this time. I think I we think did. we did. I think we did. <laughs> I, yeah. I know that you, I know that you said f- a couple times in a row. <laughs> well, we just said it again, so Yep. Thank oh, you. Damn. Sorry, Alex. All right. I just uh, cursed again. Oops. This is <laughs> okay. fun. This is Sorry. this is a fun and original joke. <laughs>
yep. Uh, and uh, that's is there all? anything else that we said? Oh, I don't know. I was, I was going to try and. Uh, yeah. This has been Toontown Public Works, and these cartoons have been archived. See ya.